Good morning. Praise the Lord. Today we are going to look at the book of Luke chapter 15. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, I'm going to pray. Father, we need your help to understand. Send your Holy Spirit to us that we learn. Amen. So Luke chapter 15 starts with people coming to Jesus. We had a lot of people come to Jesus to hear what he's saying, to see what he's doing. And at the same time, they were all they were also sinners and tax collectors coming to him. Now the tax collectors were people who were hated by the Jewish authority, especially the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the leaders, because they believed the kingdom of God is near and the God is going to restore the kingdom of Israel back to his former glory. But when a tax collector takes a tax from the people of Israel, gives it to the Romans who are oppressing them, the tax collectors are funding against the kingdom of God. That's why we would find in the New Testament people very angry at the tax collectors. So let's get into this chapter. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Now tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. Verse 2. And they, Pharisees and the scribes, grumbled. This man receives sinners and eats with them. So, Jesus was there, peace sinners were coming, and the Pharisees were complaining. Then Jesus tells three parables. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. We know this. So, quick recap. Jesus told the first parable. Lost sheep. A man has 100 sheep, lose one of them. He leaves the 99 in the open country, goes after one that is lost. Until he finds it, he searches for it. And when he finds it, he lays it on his shoulder rejoicing. When he comes home, he calls his friends, neighbors and says, Rejoice with me for I have found the sheep that is lost. And then Jesus says, Just like that, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven when one sinner who repents over the 99 righteous people who need no repentance. What is Jesus implying here? Verse 7, Jesus says, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Jesus is talking to both sinners and Pharisees here, and he's saying, when one sinner repents, the kingdom of God is going to have a party. The same goes with the lost coin, verse 8 to verse 10. An old woman or a woman has 10 silver coins. She loses one coin. She lights the lamp, sweeps the house, seeks diligently till she finds it. When she finds it, calls her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, I found the coin that I had lost. Again, Jesus says, just so I tell you, there will be, there is joy before angels of God over one sinner who repents. First he said, there's joy when one sinner repents. Then he said, in the previous story, he said, then 
99 righteous people who need no repentance you see the pharisees and sadducees believed that they were righteous brothers he needed to show who he is and he needed to show this love towards the pharisees and sadducees and the scribes and therefore he tells the third story so there was a man who had two sons the younger one said to his father father give me the share of the property that is coming to me after that the man divided the property between them not many days later the younger son gathered all he had took a journey to a far country where he squandered his property in reckless living he spent everything the severe famine and the boy was in need and so he went he hired himself out like a in indian terms coolie um to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to feed to feed the pigs but he was longing to be fed because he was hungry um with the pots that the pig ate because no one gave him anything to eat then he came to himself that is a very important thing that is one thing that god talks about coming to himself coming to understand and repent he comes to himself he says how many more of my father's hired servants have more bread to eat and i perish here in hunger i'll arise and go to my father and i say to him father i've sinned against the heaven and you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son treat me as one of your hired servants he went arose went to his father while he was long way off his father saw felt compassion ran embraced him and kissed him the son said to the father father i've sinned against heaven and before you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servants bring quickly the best robe put on him put a ring on his hand shoes on his feet bring the fat and calf kill it let's eat it and celebrate for my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to celebrate so this is the first part of the story let's go deeper we come from a shame and honor culture in india and even the bible is from an eastern shame and honor culture in such a culture the family and the values of family set has higher precedence than the individual and what is the boy doing the normally the property would be only shared between the younger and the elder son once a father died he saying father give to the property that's coming to me after you die it's almost saying that father i really wish you were because i really want what is coming to me my question dear brothers is just did this boy have a relationship with his father was there something in his life that he lacked being with the father let's consider even an indian situation is this something that's possible even in today create there are many families who give a share to the fam sons and says here go make something good of yourself but this is not that case this is a son going to the father and saying give me everything that should come to me the son goes everywhere he spends all the money he quickly sells all the money because he says son gathered all he had that means he sold all the land and took all his money cash went spent everything severe famine rose and he began to have hunger so he went and started eating food that was given to pigs and this is one of the most amazing changes that we notice when someone 
comes back. He comes to his senses. He comes to realize that there is a difference in the life that he lives now and the life that he used to live. He comes to his senses and he says, my father's hired servants. Now in the olden times, there were three types of servants. Only the servants who stayed in home, the servants that you hired, two types. And the servants hired are those day laborers. They are not employed by anyone. They will just stand around to wait. If someone calls them to do a work, they'll do the work. Um, like um, laborers or coolies or something like that. He says, okay, I'll go there. I'll stand there, wait for, you know, I'm already a hired servant here. I'll go there and be a hired servant. And and I will um, get some food to eat. He says, Father, I have sinned against you and heaven. Genuine repentance has two things. One, there is recognition of where a person realizes that he is a sinner. Two, he is not just a sinner against the people, but he has sinned against God. And he says, I'll come to you. And treat me as one of your hired servants. This boy does not understand who his father is. He goes back saying, if I go back to my father, he is going to beat me. He is not going to even turn to me because to him I am dead. And you would notice the same line the father says, this son was dead. And now he's alive again. Why is this the father saying he's dead? You see, this boy had insulted the entire family and deserted the family, gone and exploited with the money, lived a way of life that is not fitting for the family. And He comes back. See, the elder son later in verse 30 says, This son, devote your property with prostitutes. He was a sinner. And every one of you would agree that he was a sinner. What should the father do? The culture mandated that there should be a restitution. That means, if you did a sin, you have to pay the punishment. Even in Indian movies, even in Indian culture, imagine the son comes and he stand, he comes back after wasting the family. The father and the brothers will go and say, look at this fellow. He has wasted everything. He has wasted his life, he's wasted everything. This man needs to be punished. And that is stronger there. And Pharisees believe that. The Pharisees believe there's no reconciliation without restitution. That means if you stole something, you have to pay first back the money and then only you could start reconciliation. Now let's see what the father did. Now we know what is supposed to be done. We know what the son thought. We know the son deserved punishment. I know a lot of us have the same attitude. When we know someone is a sinner, we know that they need to be punished. They need to pay for their sins. 
before they are accepted but look what the father does the son walks slowly to the father preparing in his mind three lines two truths and one option father i have sinned against you i have sinned against heaven please take me as a coolie he walks brothers and sisters let's think about today's culture think about this father this is a rich man a wealthy man a wise man a respected man the son is definitely an adult he's not a 14 year old boy who has taken money and run away he's definitely an adult 30 call it so you know in our culture itself will say if it's hindi you say deko araye or in malayalam it says nok vidunnunda after wasting everything loafer that is one of the words people use they would stand and mock this boy probably there was people who were doing that but the father is different brothers and sisters this is a word for you your father in heaven is not what you think he is he is different the father runs to him do you know in jewish culture if you look at the old writings there are punishment given to men who are over 60 or 50 for showing their ankles if they held up their long uh, cloth and walked and showed their ankles they were punishment told to them because it, it is undignified and yet the father runs to him runs to the man who defied his commands and defied his family he runs to him his father saw him he felt compassion ran and embraced him and kissed him the son was with the pigs the son was not with good clothes yet the father saw him the father takes changes him this is what god does to you when you come to christ if you are walking in sin and you're wondering can i come back is there someone who would accept me let me tell you brothers and sisters there is a father who accepts you and this father comes to you with a new robe a new ring new food sandals new sandals a new robe of righteousness making you from dead to life that is what cross dead that means god when he calls you when his love is upon you through the blood of christ he makes you righteous a new ring the ring that defined where he belongs to he was not just dignity his dignity was not returned his identity was returned the ring was often with a seal saying this house is he was given back into the family and he was given this brothers and sisters this is the holy spirit that the father sends you if you're someone who has not sought the holy spirit seek him the father is a good father the bible says if 
God, who is a good father, is better than all the worst fathers in this land. And the worst fathers give fish when son asks for fish and not a snake. The worst fathers give the son a bread and not a stone when he asks for bread. If there's a father in heaven who is better than all those bad fathers, then how much more will he not give with the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Brothers, that is your identity. You are people marked by the Holy Spirit. You are people, if you are in Christ, you are marked by fruit of repentance. You are marked by the Holy Spirit. He gives him a new coat. He gives him a new ring. He gives him a new foot path and says, Here, this belongs. You are back. You are mine. Come in. Instead of embarrassing this boy, the father embraces him. The boy wanted to came with three lines. Remember, he said, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me as a coolie. Please take me as a laborer. Please take me as a hired servant. Son says only two lines. Father, I've sinned against you in heaven. I am not worthy to be called his son. The father does not dignify his answer. Father says, father just skips over the second part. His father knows the first thing. If the son came to him, the son knew who the father was. The son has asked for forgiveness. And the father loves a repentant sinner. This is what Jesus told. To the sinners who are listening, Jesus says, if you come back to God, there is a father who would embrace you. Brothers, I know that this does not make sense in today's culture and age. It never made sense even in that culture age that there is no punishment given to him. But that is the good father. They said, let's celebrate. What are they celebrating? The father says, the son was dead. Now he's alive. He was lost. He is found. They are metaphors that Jesus uses. That's metaphors that Paul uses. Once we were dead in sin, and now we are made alive because of Christ. Once we were lost in, and blind in our own darkness, and now the light has come and made and has shown us a way we have been found. They begin to celebrate. What are they celebrating? They are celebrating what Jesus said earlier. The joy that is in before the angels of God celebrate when one sinner repents. Brothers, we have been adopted. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.9, You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's possession. Uh, last few weeks we've been looking at the I Am series. And in that time... We've been telling you that the point why God brings his glory into the midst of the people is not because he wants to tell them he's a God. He wants to tell them why he's their God. You see, these people have been always praying to foreign gods. They've been looking at foreign gods and they've been looking at their God. And they would see their neighbors killing calves and sheep and goat and whatnot to please the Egyptian gods. 
and they also would have thought if we could do this that is why they are happy to bow down and worship a cow made of gold and god changes something i am not that kind of god who wants your sheep your cattle your word i am here because i want you and that is why the first peter 29 says you are a people for god's possession galatians 3:26-4 in christ you are all sons of god through faith you see we have been adopted into family in romans 8:17 it says the following let me read it out for you If we are children then we are heirs of God and join heirs with Christ so if we suffer with him we may be glorified with him so so people my dear brothers and sisters this is who God is you know we always look at um these statements we say God has called us we have heard the gospel we have been converted we've been justified we've been sanctified and we've been preserved for the glorification in between of justification and sanctification there is a great adoption why has god adopted you you see when you're justified you've been justified by the righteousness of christ but that only makes you righteous then but adoption is what god does in order to make you his child because god can only correct his child his children god is not going to correct those who are not his children see the love of the father is on his children and not on someone else's children so so god has adopted you into his family and that's what we're seeing here there is this great adoption of this lost son back who does the father correct legitimate or illegitimate child paul asks let's read that portion in um hebrews 2:26 if you endure chastening god is dealing with you as son for what son is he whom the father does not chasten you see this is your security in christ when you have repented your sins when you come to him there's a great adoption of someone who's dead in sin is now brought into the family of god and that is how your sanctification works you and your brothers in church are siblings of adoption you know there are people who were angry when they heard this and that's the second part let's get into it
you see the Pharisees and said, the scribes heard this. They were surprised that there is such a father that will forgive sinners just like that. Brothers, we have been in Christian, hearing Christian messages for too long for us not to, for us to take that concept and think it's strange. But that is the truth. We've been thinking of it in this manner. We've been like, yeah, yeah, God will forgive us sins. No. Go take any religion. Nowadays, when we hear about it, we always think, oh, yeah, God forgives sins. No. Every religion had this part of restitution. You know, there are people who say, or oh, just say the sinner's prayer, or just say this creed, or just say this thing, and brother, you are saved. You know, today's problem, I was reading it somewhere, is not communism or romanism or liberalism, modernism. Today, God's problem is dead fundamentalism. What is fundamentalism? Fundamentalism is a play, practice that happens in this right, nice man, uh, Paris Ryan, uh, had said this. You see, initially, when people met, they came and said, oh yeah, I believe in the inspiration of the Bible, I believe in all those good stuff, I believe that, I believe in the virgin birth, I believe in resurrection of dead, I believe in Jesus Christ. And they said, oh yeah. And then the next generation came, and they said, these are the things that make us a fundamentalist by believing this, 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 and this. And then, and after a few generations, it became so that if you could just say yes in these places and say, oh, do you believe ABCDE? Yes. Or do you believe in the Nicene Creed? Yes. Then you are a Christian. You see, there are people who are happy to just take God and church and faith without understanding if they could just say yes at the right places. You know, there are people who come to Christ because they, they think that, oh, you know, I've or come to church because they think, oh, you know, church is there, I have friends, I have family, um, you know, I get this company, I every Sunday I have something to do, I get happy, good songs. And that's the liberal guy. He says, yeah, I'm going to church because it makes me happy. There was a church, there's a guy I knew from church when uh, the pastor asked him, hey, brother, welcome to church. He's very new to the church. He said, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, but pastor, I want you to know one thing. I'm only here for that girl. I really like this girl. I'm here for this girl. Around five years later, the pastor was able to baptize this boy. boy and uh, that's how I came to know this testimony. And when he joined it, he was liberal. He said, see, this church has gives me this hype so therefore I'm coming to church. And what the fundamentals say? Oh, the fundamentals say, I don't want to go to hell. Hell is a very scary place. I want to go to heaven. So in the end of the life, I have my I have my assurance. I have my passport ready. I'm going to heaven. Because that's why I'm going to church. I'm going to church because at the end of the life, I want to be happy. 
brothers he is also wrong you follow god for god you don't follow god for heaven you follow god for god where god is that is heaven and not the other way around the reason for the church reason for faith and reason for christ is to glorify god so let so but these people did not understand that and this is why jesus shows one of the rarest times you would see so much mercy given to those people because no the first story we have all heard second story is more painful and that is why we hear it less and then the second story so now the elder son was there so we knew there were two sons the elder son did not come up when the father or the brother was fighting the elder son did not do anything he was there he was like he was there he was like yeah i'm the elder son now my younger one is taking the money and going i'm not going to correct him i'm not going to change him no i don't have anything to do with them brothers that's a very bad attitude now listen what happens the elder son he was in the fields taking care see this man is a rich man he is he has hired servants and servants so elder son is like a manager he goes looks at all the fields everything is happening good he comes back in the evening he hears the music he hears the dancing well i'm not sure which he came back in the evening but at least he when he came back he hears the music he hears the dancing he calls one of his boys and says hey what's happening and the the and the word their servant in greek is actually a boy um you know one of those um you know in malayalam or hindi the chotu the the younger boys on the servants he calls says your brother has come your father has killed the fattened calf because he came because he has received him back sound and safe safe and sound the fattened calf is very important here because that is one of those calves that you know they mostly use for celebration they would have one or two fattened calf uh, for the elder brother's wedding or something and you know this is a very precious thing for him and he can't, but now is important thing so he knows he knows what happened he was confused in vision he and then he was angry and he refused to go in whose house is it but this is just whose house is he refusing to go in it is his father's house this boy is right to be angry the younger one deserved to be punished but he refused but the elder one refuses to go into his house because he believes that he does not want such a father and such a relationship their father comes out brothers and sisters if this was happening in india and you are wrong or even if you were right and you're standing outside your door without coming in at the best case a servant or maybe an auntie or at the topmost best case your mother will come out not your father that is his house he is not going to come out but here 
there is a father who comes out. Brothers and sisters, who is the one who ran to the younger boy? The father. Who is the one who comes to the elder one? The father. The story is not about a prodigal son. It's about a father who loves both the people. His father comes out. The father pleads with him. Have you ever heard a father pleading with the children, come in. Then you see the bigger problem. So the younger son, we know the problem. It's clear. He is a guy who did not want anything with the father. He said, father, give me what it is. I have nothing to do with you. I'm going to enjoy my life. And he goes, or whether he was investing and then he lost his investment. That's the story. He has nothing to do with the father. He did not want to stay in the father's house. There was wealth. There was job. There was possibilities. He wanted to party. We understand the younger one. The elder one is the one we have to look and observe. The elder one too did not get into the house. He says the following. He said, look. Brothers and sisters, since most of you come from India, you would know this. If I use in Malayalam, noko or in Hindi, teko. You don't speak to your father like that in any language. Then you realize what relationship he had with his father. Did he love his father? Listen, next word. I have served you. In some Bible it says, I have slaved for you. I'm sorry. Who does the property belong to? To the eldest son after his father's death. Who does the house belong to? The eldest son. Who is the son? Who is the eldest son? The child of the father. Yet he says, I have slaved for you. The younger one wanted to be a slave or a hired servant. The elder one obeyed the father without knowing the father. He says, I have never disobeyed your command. He has forgotten who he was. He says, I have served you. When, has, when was he a slave or a servant? He was never that. I have never disobeyed you. He's counting. He's counting. Have I disobeyed him? No, I've not disobeyed him. I'm obeying him. You did not give me a goat. Really? Did he not have the right in his own father's house to go and take a goat? Or tell his father, Father, I want a goat. You did not give me a goat to party with my friends. Really? Not with your father. Your father is having a party in the house and you're not coming in because you don't want to party with your father. You just, you don't understand your father. You don't want to understand your father. You don't want to be with this father because you believe that you are right. Brother and sister, this man needs to know the father just like the young boy who needed to know the father. This man says, second man, so the elder one says, this son of yours came who devoured your property with prostitutes and you killed the fattened calf for him. How dare you, father? How dare you kill the fattened calf? This is that son. That son of yours. He doesn't even say, my brother. He says, that son of yours. I don't want to have anything with him. 
You see, brothers and sisters, I know this may be a bit hard for you to take it um, in that manner because we are forgetting who Jesus is speaking to here. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. The Pharisee says, this man receives sinners and eats with them. The sinners and the tax collectors were also children of Abraham. They were also children of God. They were also the Israel. And Jesus is saying, I am like that father. That there is this heavenly father who receives the younger children, the sinner. And the elder son is saying, I've slaved before you. I've never disobeyed you. You never gave me a goat. You never gave me a goat to party with my friends. And this son, I have nothing to do with him, the son of yours. The elder son does not understand the father. The younger son did not want to be with the father. The both children need to know who the father is. This is why the father answers the next statement, my brothers. Son. Son. In Malayalam, you should have read Moni or Mangani. Hindi it's probably said Beta, but you should have said Lal. It is an endearment. The father says, My son. Father restores to him what he has forgotten, that he is a child of the father. What does the father do with the younger one? The younger one, the father puts a coat on him, puts his ring on him and a shoe on him and says, this is my son. Father validates the younger son. The father validates the elder son here and says, this is my son. Father says, you are always with me. You are mine. I have not lost you. You are mine. Father still in the younger son, elder son. You are mine. All I have is yours. You have everything that I have. It is fitting to celebrate because your brother was dead and now he's alive. He was lost, he's found. He's saying, I am partying, I'm celebrating, I'm letting the sinners and sinners and tax collectors to come and eat with me because I am partying that they have repented. And you are being the elder son, Mr. Mr. Pharisee, Mr. Scribe. You being the elder son who was supposed to lead the younger one has dissociated yourself. You have moved away from this responsibility and you have also forgotten one, your brother, but two, and more importantly, your father, you're forgotten. Come to the father. The true gospel talks about repentance. Matthew 3.8, Luke 3.8, both the same verse. If you come back to Christ, if you, un if you understand, you will bear fruit of repentance. What does a younger son need? Nothing. But just to be in presence of a good father, he knows that when he is living with this father, he will have everything he needs. He, he And he comes back, repents for his shameful behavior. True. Second one. 
true gospel brings the knowledge of adoption of sonship. Three, even the Pharisees required to know that they are children of God. A brother of mine, um, when we spoke directly, said, but Jesus also says, unless your righteousness exceeds that the Pharisees, you should not keep see the kingdom of God. Yes, Jesus is saying, even the Pharisees cannot see the kingdom of God. And here Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, listen, you have a good father. My dear brothers and sisters, I would like to end with this. If you are in Christ, your righteousness is because of Christ. You have to realize who you are and understand your adoption. Know that there is a father who loves you. John 3.16, we all know it. For God so loved the world so much that he gave his only son for those who believe in him may have eternal life. Why? Because he's a father. I pray that as you go back, you don't look at this as just the prodigal son. You look at it as a prodigal sons. But you don't just stop there and say the both sons are bad. You look at it from your eyes and say, I have a good father. Brothers and sisters, if you are going through turmoil, if you're going through confusion, remember you have a good father. If you're going through a life of sin, you have a good father who is there, who is there, whose grace is there, teaching you to repent, repent from your sins and live a life that bears fruit of repentance. I pray that you realize who the father is. Why should a Christian embrace cross? Why should a Christian come and lay before the cross everything? Because that's the only way God can get glory out of sinners. Therefore, brothers, I pray that you realize this father and enjoy his love and live a life of repentance where you do not trust yourself to be righteous but rely entirely dependently wholly fully on the fact that Jesus died for you it is his his He's a lamb that is slain and it is his coat that you are wearing. It is a lamb that is slain and it is his ring that you wear. You are heirs with Christ. There's a lamb that is slain and that lamb is your path. It will light your path. There is a father. And that's a very, that father is a very good father. Come to him. God bless you all.